This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name is Kirsten Longbottom, and I'm joined with EPFR's Director of Research, Cameron Brandt. We'll walk you through what we were looking into the data last week, and as well as what we'll look for in the upcoming weeks. Cam, um, heard it's a bit wet and soggy up in the Northeast. Um, how was your weekend, despite that? Pleasant, but not the uh, outdoor leaf peeping that I had thought I might be able to do. The, 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 the final gasps of Hurricane Ian arrived promptly on Friday night and pretty much either washed or blew <laughs> the weekend away. But, uh, you know, compared to what others have had to deal with, <clears throat> no business complaining. I thought with, um, you know, the hurricane being so close to Austin, I thought it would have, we would have gotten a bit of backlash from that, but doesn't seem so. Um, pretty clear skies this weekend. So <laughs> well, I'm glad one of us uh, was able to <laughs> enjoy the fall. Yeah. So in markets this week, it was a a bit of a mixed bag once again. Um, Concerns about the shape of Italy's next government, the fallout from the UK's latest mini budget, sabotage of pipelines connecting Europe with Russia, and Germany's first encounter with double-digit inflation since 1951. All were themes running through the Global Navigator that was written this week. Um, what's your view on this in terms of fund flows? Well, it's, it's certainly not sort of the ideal backdrop. Um, you know, it was a very kind of Europe-centric week again in terms of uh, news that might alarm and uh, in addition to that, the Bank of England started to <clears throat> pay closer attention to a couple of major European banks. Uh, there was a lot to worry about, uh, and we certainly saw some fairly aggressive uh, uh, responses in terms of <clears throat> dialing down risk. Uh, Europe equity and bond funds again posted outflows, as did uh, emerging markets bond funds. Um, Were it not for China equity funds, the same would have been true for emerging markets equity funds. Uh, Record-setting redemptions from alternative funds, which include some of the more risky and esoteric classes, uh, very big outflows from balanced funds. Uh, I think the fixed income component there reduce their attraction so people tried to get out so you know certainly a bumpy week there was you know modest uh sort of classic flight to safety flows to u.s and and japanese equity funds uh the, the latter always slightly uh amazes me uh given japan's uh debt profile uh and dependence on global trade but um you know, on the other hand, they they make stuff and have big FX reserves. So, and and did we see interest um, peak for funds um, related to income 
Well, th- those remained sort of the uh, best in class <clears throat> during the past week. Um, you know, dividend equity funds, uh, I think the pa- 16 of the past 17 weeks, they've had inflows. Uh, and short-term sovereign bond funds, now that those short-term sovereign bonds are, are actually yielding some income, that's you know, faintly significant, um, <clears throat> pulled in a, you know another six, six, nearly seven billion. Uh, you know, and they've pulled in something like twenty billion over the past three weeks. So, like you know, as with all things, there's certainly an element of opportunity here, uh, and 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 uh, given the kind of yield hunger that has built up over the past two decades, uh, you know, it's not surprising that. Especially on the retail side, some investors are like, "Hallelujah! <laughs> Finally, something to yeah, something to fund my retirement." Yeah, um, makes sense. So, um, on the flip side, many currencies are under pressure versus the dollar, with the pound slumping to a record low against the dollar is one of the more recent headlines. What's your view on the volatility in the? In the FX market, <laughs> my view is it's not not surprising. Um, you know, the Fed is 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 taking a particularly hawkish tone at the moment. Um, the, it's not just sort of a, you know a straight economic calculation at the moment. Uh, you know, the war in Ukraine, geopolitical tensions uh, involving China, uh, uh, and some of it's near abroad. Um, and uh, um, you know, tough climate-related <laughs> issues, drought in Europe, a hurricane just hitting us. So um, you you got both you know rapidly rising U.S. interest rates and um, sort of you know a broad unease that's that's broader than just economic. So. Um, you know, it is not at all surprising that the U.S. currency has uh, appreciated uh, as much as it has relative to others. Um, and, you know, it will probably be a while before it sort of finds its level. We're, uh, you know, events in the Ukraine, uh, you know, from a Ukrainian perspective are obviously going well, but uh, in terms of... Uh, pushing Russia into more and more desperate measures, you know, you have to wonder quite what they'll do if if the uh, if the ruptures around Kherson that are being reported today turn into sort of a full fledged collapse of that section of the front. Then you know, Putin and his uh, inner circle are definitely going to feel uh, a sense of urgency to. Do something. So, um, you know, I think I think we're going to be living with fairly lively FX markets for uh, you know certainly the remainder of the year. Right. So, Europe has experienced a complex balance, like you kind of mentioned, between the central bank trying to tighten monetary policy while politicians push for tax cuts. How do we see it? playing out it's uh it's a very narrow eye on that particular needle that needs to be threaded um the uh the fiscal support is 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 
in response to sort of a very specific um, issue, which is, is, is the, the brutal speed with which energy prices have risen and the impact that puts on uh, individual budgets and therefore capacity to spend. Uh, and I'm talking here about the Eurozone. The UK is a uh, you know, somewhat different case, though it faces many of the same issues. Um, and the uh, the ECB faces very tough choices because um, you know some of uh, its weaker members um, they have really had their debt markets kept afloat by thinly disguised ECB intervention you know, buying up uh, their debt at the margin. Um, but with inflation reaching double digits, uh, Germany, even though um, for all its sort of rhetoric in recent years, when push comes to shove, it has tended to favor doing what was needed to keep the Eurozone together. Um, you know, the historical echoes for Germany are not good. Um, and the political pain in some ways is, is worse. A lot of Germans... Um, you know their savings for retirement are in uh, you know small bank accounts. Um, so um, you know when inflation takes off and, and, and they see the value of that diminishing, <coughs> I think uh, you know it's going to be harder for German authorities to sort of go with the flow when this degree of domestic pain uh, bubbles up. Um, you know also you know the the uh the region faces another sort of fiscal complication which is that uh, supporting the ukraine is not cost free um you know they've already spent several billion um uh you know and build, <laughs> building weapons is, is you know stimulatory in a way i mean you you pour money into something that <laughs> Most people don't actually get to use, so it's a it's a it's, it's a strange economic calculation. Um, so I, you know, I suspect that the ECB is going to uh, rely as much as it can on rhetoric, uh, which um, you know, ever since Mario Draghi said we'll do what it takes, has has been surprisingly effective, but. Um, that window with those really painful inflation numbers, especially in Germany, may be closing. So we'll leave it off with this one. Um, as the countdown to the Chinese Communist Party's 20th Congress is just over two weeks, um, how, or maybe two weeks now, how are investors approaching China's bond and equity markets? I, I know we've seen investors lean towards Asian heavyweight markets in equity funds. As of lately, yeah. Well, China's equity funds at the moment are getting a lot of domestic support, mainly because um, what are your alternatives? The the two that were much favored by Chinese people were real estate uh, and uh, corporate bonds. Um, a lot of those corporate bonds are tied to real estate companies, so there's a not particularly healthy. Uh, loop there. So, um, given sort of capital controls uh, and given the sort of repression on the banking system to ensure 
affordable credit to um, the, the productive sectors. Um, equities are somewhat the, the last show in town. Uh, that said, we have been sort of seeing a pickup in interest in uh, from foreign investors, and I think that at least some of that is tied to the assumption that when he emerges from this Congress uh, with his third term rubber stamped, uh, that he is going to feel he can afford some flexibility on COVID uh, and make the calculation that, you know, economic, the amount of economic damage being caused in defense uh, of a, a, a pandemic that, you know, <laughs> it's the nature of viruses. They'll nearly always slip through the net to some degree. So I, th- I think that we're definitely seeing a little bit of money anyhow uh, positioning itself on the assumption that uh, China's zero COVID policy will become not quite zero COVID uh, in the months after the, the party is done and dusted and he is uh, secure in office for at least another five years. Great. Well, thank you, Cam, for your insight this week and look forward to chatting next week. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.com slash podcast. 